0: Hi, I'm Pastor Dallas Billington, senior pastor here at City Church, and we want to welcome you today to our services. We hope that no matter what you're facing in life, that through the message today, through God's word, he will truly encourage your heart. Well, we're uh, glad you're with us today. If you're visiting with us, always come up and speak with me after the service. You know, I was thinking, and I know we have so many people quadruple amount of people that we used to have watching on live on Facebook and, and our, our YouTube and uh, also our church app <clears throat> and you know I got the thing I want to thank all of you for what what you've done the last uh, really six and a half years I started thinking about this through the week and I wanted to share this today you know, we support a lot of different ministries in the inner city here at Akron and Emmanuel Christian Schools. There's so many different ministries that you support. And actually, <laughs> thanks, Jim, all those different ministries that are, that are supported. But I got to thinking about the needy families in our community. And I, I couldn't believe it's over six years, over and above all that we see there, I want you to know this say over six years, you have given uh, close to $200,000 uh, and gift cards to families in, in need. And so I, I just, I just want to thank you for that in a way in this time. And the reason I thought about this, on the news, just, you can, you can Google this and look this up. Dallas, Texas, this week, the food line for one of the food pantries was a mile long. I, I, I couldn't believe it. You have to look it up. So I know as a church family, I just want to thank you and those that you are that, that want to be here but but can 't be or are not comfortable yet I, I just want to thank you we 're a, a church family, and we 're trying to do whatever we can to 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 reach out in our community so i just can 't thank you enough for that. It was just reminded me last night I was at circle k you know i 've always got a story about uh, getting a big golfer at the gas station, but anyways. Uh, it was there, and I felt so bad. There was a lady in front of me, not because it was me, but she, she had everything sprawled out on the counter. She had some uh, apple juice and something else that she was getting. It was like $7. She, didn't have a, she looked all through like she didn't have enough money, so I told the clerk, L- I'll just get it. It's no big deal. You know? So she left. I paid for it, and, and the clerk and I were talking. I said, you know, what do people do today without the hope of Jesus? And I was talking to the clerk about that. And like, what do we do without the good Lord? And so we have that. And if you know Jesus as your Savior, we need to reach out into this community that we live in with love. Um, my message today is a little bit different. I hope that you'll be patient with me. And, uh, but I want you to turn to Ezekiel chapter 33. And I've waited for a while to, to touch on some of these things. I don't like to, when things happen in our society, I, I don't like to, to have a knee-jerk reaction and just say things. I like to wait and, and let the Lord help me and through the Spirit and, and, and also through what I see in the news and what God's Word says. So let's pray. Father, we're so grateful today we can worship you. Jesus, you have brought everyone through this door for a reason, to hear your Word, And may we hear it, and may your spirit be alive when you speak to us as we read it and through the power of it. Father, all of us, Lord, need you, Jesus, in the same way, but all of us, Jesus, need you in a little bit of a different way today. Father, some are hurting, some need encouragement, some need hope, some have wayward kids, some have... Uh, Hurting marriages. I don't know what it is today, Lord, but may we be a watchman, a watchperson on the wall today for our families. In Jesus' name, amen. And that's what we're going to look at today and it being the title. And also, let me read to you this and then we'll get into it. You know, sometimes you have to explain a, a lot of the verses and sometimes they just speak for themselves. Listen to this as it goes along, and and the Israelites, or if you could say the children of God, are now in captivity. In Ezekiel chapter 33, God is speaking to the prophet Ezekiel, and he says these words. Again, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, speak to the children of, of your people and say to them, When I bring the sword upon a land, and the people of the land take a man from their territory and make him their watchman. When he sees the sword coming upon land, in other words, he's on the watchtower on the city wall. If he blows the trumpet and warns the people, then whoever hears the sound of the trumpet and does not take warning, if the sword comes and takes him away, his blood shall be on his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet, but he did not take warning. His blood shall be upon himself. But he who takes warning will save his life. But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet, and the people are not warned, and the sword comes and takes any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at the watchman's hands." We as, as a church family or, or as parents or as adults, as believers, we are the watchmen on the wall. And the watchman on the wall is watching for, for evil. If you can take it in the spiritual context, the war that we have today is against what is happening in our society, what we see going on. Let's take the physical example. We have, we have our, our military. And our military from, uh, if you will, Washington, D.C. to uh, the command center in many ways in Tampa, Florida, to the, the training center in South Carolina to San Diego. They're constantly being trained uh, to protect us. And you know what their oath is to? We forget. Their oath is to not us, their oath is to the Constitution of the United States of America. And I, I wanted to bring this up this week because I, I, it just hurt my heart when I read this. And I begin to wonder, last Sunday and this Sunday, out of 350,000 churches in America, were there, how many have there been between last week and this week, talked about, and that's what I want to say about what I'm about to say, about the training that took place um, off of San Diego. If you didn't know, there were eight Marines, or there were more servicemen in this train, but there were eight Marines and one sailor that died training a week ago to protect us. Barely on the news. We hardly heard about it. But we're able now more than ever before, we, we are beginning to realize what it is to worship in freedom and not take for granted that. Right. And because of the Lord Jesus Christ and because of men and women who are willing to serve our country. So I ask you today to, to remember those families and to remember our military because they are hurting a week later. And the article that I read said... In all of these young men, that's what it said, young men, 18, I think, to 29. Don't take for granted, and we're now more than ever seeing in our country what we have through Jesus. You know, like I said, my message today being a little bit different, being a watchman on the wall for our families. You know, I just thought I would bring some of these things in being a little bit different. and. You know, and I'm going to recite the First Amendment in, in just a minute. But there, there's been so much controversy about uh, the flag and about, you know, standing or, or, or kneeling and so forth. But, but let me, before I get to that, let me read to you the First Amendment of the Constitution. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion. We're going to talk about that more at the end in a few minutes. Or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or of the right of the people to peaceably assemble like we've seen the peaceably uh, people uh, protesting in peace. Not the writers, but those that are protesting in peace. And to petition the government for a, a redress of grievances. You know, whether you like it or not, and you might not agree <laughs> with what I'm going to say, but uh, someone has that right whether to kneel or stand at the Pledge of Allegiance. Now, whether you might not like it and I might not like it, we live in a free country. And we have to realize that this is part of that freedom. And to know, I couldn't get up here and do what I do if we didn't have that freedom. There needs to be more of a dialogue. And the reason that I, I thought, how do I bring all this in today is a watchman on the wall for our families today, for our church families. You know, one of my favorite uh, pastors is, is, that I listen to is Bishop uh, T.D. Jakes. And, and I, I really wanted to know, how do I bring some of this in? Is we are a watchman on the wall for family. And we as believers, black, white, brown, whatever it might be, we have to come together. And he was speaking, and he was speaking about Black Lives Matter. And I've said this Black Lives Matter is a good thing. And that's what he said, but it's the organization which he said, and I agree, is different. I I don't want to say this to when I'm having a dialogue when when someone of of another color just say, they'll, they'll say, Well, Black Lives Matter. Of course they do. I don't want to say All Lives Matter because they're hurting. I want to be able to listen and learn. And this is where we are in our society today. We as watchmen on the wall also need that wisdom. Wisdom says in Proverbs 21, 22, a wise person is able to scale the wall of the city and tear the strongholds down. How do we do that? With wisdom, not screaming and yelling at each other. Let's come together and have a dialogue. Uh, so I just want you to differentiate that today because so many people, Bring those two together. I want to read to you the, the orga- just quickly two things of the organization of Black Lives Matter. And to differentiate that black lives do matter, the difference is the organization. This is what I want you to get. The website says this. We disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family. One of their partner organizations, the uh, M4BL also caused to abolish all the police and all the prisons. You know, get this. Do you, do you know the, one of the one of the longest serving uh, police officers in the United States is a, was a was a black woman in the Seattle Police Department, and because all that she saw, she re, she resigned the last twenty eight years on the police force. We. We know that one percent of the, or, or, or if not even a little bit more, has done wrong, and we know what happened to George Floyd was so wrong, and that's why I'm talking about it today. But she was so hurt because she's getting up in front of everybody, the first time they've ever had a black chief or a black person as a, of a woman of color over all the Seattle Police Department. 28 years she served and she's resigned because I can't do this if you defund my police department. What are we living in? We have to have strength and be light and be watchmen on the walls and come together as brothers and sisters in Christ. As we do that, we will see a difference. It means that we have to take a stand. You know, I was a little nervous back at the end of May. We had not met for three months. And, you know, and all the things that's going on with the virus and everything that's taken place. And I was so praying and being a watchman even over our church family. Lord, please help me to do the right thing. And I'm so glad we've opened back up. And I know that some of people are still uncomfortable. And that's okay and you can still watch live and you can watch even tape later tonight. But the Bible tells us it's so important as so much more, in the end times it says, as so much more as we see the day approaching that we come together. Can we see the devil working today to to tear all colors apart, get everybody away from each other? of all nationalities, and then let's get them away and out of church. We have to be willing, now more than ever, in love to be bold. Not yell and scream, but live out our faith to where when we say something as a watchman, people are willing to believe. And and know that what's at stake, what's at stake are your kids, your sister and your brother and your grandkids. That's what's at stake. We're living in a time that we've never seen, and all of you know, and I don't have to give you all these examples on the news. You watch the same news that I do. It's unbelievable what we're living in. But you know, isn't it amazing? The Bible tells us in the New Testament. Christ in you and me is the hope of glory. We have the hope. Isn't it? Doesn't It doesn't make, I mean, it's so evident when the governor of California gets up and says, you can't meet as churches, then you can't sing in church, and then you can't have Bible studies. didn't say any of that about any birthday parties or wine tasting parties at home, right? No home Bible studies. So, I want to talk about that for a minute today. And as I'm speaking in this way, and again, just being a a little bit different today, I want you to know that Jesus has called you and I to be a watch person for the generation that is coming behind us. Because never before have we seen a generation that are so confused, they're so attempting society because they're not giving hope put in front of them. Be that watchman. What does Jesus tell us to do? Well, he tells us that we have hope today because you and I, whether we realize or not, we are being built. I always say every Sunday that people walk through the door, they hear a message on on YouTube or on Facebook, God has blessed you or us for honoring him on the first day of the week that we start our week out by opening his word and saying, Lord, direct me, show me. He's building his church. Let me show you in Matthew chapter 16. We'll look at that as our last verse today. Matthew 16, verses 18 and 19. The disciples are wondering, how is this church? Or They're not sure what's going to be taking place after Jesus leaves. He's telling them he's not going to bid them. He says these words, and I also say to you that you're Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell, or Hades, shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in earth and heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. You know what that means today? That means you and I today. It's not about what your job is or what's happening at work. That, that verse tells you that he is building you as a believer. You and I are his church. Nothing, not, He's telling us nothing can stop his church from being built. You know why? Because when Jesus died on the cross of Calvary, he gave us hope. He forgave us for all our sins, and he rose on the third day. We live by his resurrection power. And the Bible tells us in Matthew 28, when he's leaving, he says, I have given you. I have all the authority, he says, and I give you that authority. You are the watcher on the wall. You have the authority to open doors and to close doors. Whatever the devil tries to do, he can't stop you. He can't stop you from being that role model to your kids, to your family. And if you are, he says his word will never come back void. He tells us that we train a child, even though they're out there, we train them in the right way. When they're older, they will come back because his word, the strength of it and the power of it never, ever, ever goes away, never dies, always plants a seed. A very famous case was brought up this week going back to California at Grace Church in Southern California, a very large uh, non-denominational church. <clears throat> Pastor John MacArthur, he said he, you know, as he was preaching through this, and there was no one in the auditorium for uh, four months. He obeyed the law, if you will, and it's not really a law. He obeyed the edict or the command of the governor of California. It wasn't really a law, and that's what I want to get to in a minute. And Finally, after four months he started preaching again in in actual like I am today but from his pulpit and people just started coming and showing up and before he knew it they had 6,000 people in two different services and the governor came down and says hey we're going to fine you and if you continue we will arrest you and he says well With all respect, um, we're going to keep meeting. Now, here's why. I want you to listen very carefully what I'm about to say because of the military who has fought for our freedom in our country takes an oath to the Constitution so we can live freely, we can worship freely. Let me read this again. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or or prohibiting the exercise or free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech. You read it again, the first part. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting free exercise thereof. Do you know that uh, in Los Angeles County point zero two percent out of a hundred thousand, I want to say it again, point not not zero, not two, point zero two percent out of 100,000 people died of the COVID virus, okay? That's less than one person per 100,000. You know what that is? That's less than who died of the flu, okay? And this was their argument, and this is what the constitutional attorney argued before the court last week. We see what's been essential in our society. Home Depot, your favorite restaurant, whatever it may be. But even what is more heightened, if I can say this, if I will, what is essential and what her argument was as the attorney, what she was saying was it's even in the Constitution that makes it even a higher essential what we are able to do that the government can't come in and tell us how to worship. That's why this land was founded upon. Right, right, right. That we can worship in freedom. And yes, can the government come in? If, if, if it's so bad, what well, we found out, like he said, they waited four months, they obeyed. Everybody kept throwing up some... And the is secular, isn't it amazing? And, and I don't want to go off tangent, but it's amazing. And, and when we hear some politicians, they'll quote a verse, I thought, oh, isn't that wonderful, you know? But oh, Romans 13, Romans 13, yeah, we need to, to obey the authority and the government, absolutely. But what did the apostles do? The book of Acts, especially example of Acts chapter 5. I have to preach the gospel, the good news to people and give them hope. I have to obey God rather than man. So, they argued before the court. They said if it is to where it was so bad and, and people were dying left, and I'm not, I'm not minimizing even one person that's died, I'm not saying that, but people dying left and right, of course we would have to do things different. But that's not the case. And to think, to go from, and this is what the devil wants to do to go from well, will not let them worship together to where we can have them all know that they have hope. Now whether it's a fractured family or whether it's an illness that they can have hope, they can find hope and they can see somebody at church that day and say hey come on over here let's pray about that that they might not see through the week and then go from that to a, and definitely not meeting and then go you can't sing, and then go, you can't even meet at home, as a Bible study. If we can't see the devil working underneath that, I, I don't know what we can see. What I'm here to tell you today in love is to know in love, fight for the freedom that we have. Make the call as a watchperson on the wall. And as John MacArthur, was able to get on, it was on the news yesterday, actually all over the news, that the court ruled in the favor of the church in California that they could meet. So they're meeting today. And they're meeting today. So what I want you to know is your family is at stake. So as a believer, as Jesus builds his church, I thought, what is the one thing that you can do, especially as a believer with a loved one, or especially with your kids, which I talked about, that are so hurting today? And you know, when kids are teenagers, they kind of, you know, yeah, mom, yeah, you, you, yeah, okay, I know everything, you know, as a teenager, but, you know, you don't know anything, mom or dad. You know, but you know what? I, I want to close with this. You know what the greatest, most powerful thing you can do with your kids? It's not only pray for them, but here's what it is once you get this, is to pray with them. When your child, which I've done for years when my kids were little, and they got used to it because I started when they were little all the way from junior high and high school, they would be going out at night or whatever. i said, say, you know what I'm doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And i grab them. And I still do it to this day, and they're in their 30s. I say, this is what I do. Dear Lord, I thank you for the joy that this child that you gave to my family is so unique. They're so unique that they brought into our family. And Jesus, I pray that you watch over them tonight. May your angels be with them in everything that they do. And Father, I pray for favor on their life. And wherever they go, whatever they do, to know how much mom and dad loves them. Thank you, Lord. That's it. We wanna be watchmen on the wall. It is to sound the alarm, as to let people know that we love, that God will build a hedge of protection about them through our prayers, and he will build his church. No matter how scary it might be, no matter what we see in our society, We need to reach out and extend a hand and let people know. You know, I heard someone say, no matter who it is in society, no matter what they've done or how much they yell and scream at you and yell and scream at them, if you get to know that person, it's hard not to like them, no matter who it is, if you get to know them, because you hear their background, you hear where they're coming from, you know the way that they've been raised, and God uses you through the power of the Spirit that he's put within you to reach out in love and to give people hope. We are watchmen and our families are hurting today and we need to build them and to sound the alarm and not be afraid of what's going to happen when we do. Let's pray. So our heads are bowed today and being a little bit different message. I hope that you have taken this with an open heart and know that, that the Lord is with us. We are his people. We are his church. And we are living in such a time as this. You know, God's word tells us that the people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. And God has given us that hope for our kids, our families, and for people that are hurting in society. You ever watch the rioters, those that riot, those that loot? They're young people. Or people are angry the way they've been raised or the way they don't have a mom or a dad or they've never known how much Jesus loves them, how much he loves them. Maybe you're listening today and you're watching and I want you to know that that Jesus loves you more than you could ever imagine. And he brings hope through the cross. If you want to accept Christ as your Savior, all you have to do is say, Jesus, forgive me for all of my sins. I believe that you're the Son of God. You've died on the cross for my sins. I ask you to come into my heart to forgive me for all of my sins and and Jesus from this day forward, help me to live by your resurrection power, Father. As we come to you today, whether people watching or someone here today that has never accepted you and it needs that hope in such a time as this, that we need to be watchmen. They've heard the message today telling them today that you are their hope. We're sounding the alarm. Lord, if there's someone here today that doesn't know you, as Ben leads us in this closing song as of an invitation, if they want to accept you today, Lord, we ask that they would come forward and I'll pray with them. And Jesus, they will pray from their heart, with their lips, and ask you into their heart. Father, we thank you today that you are our answer. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, has spoke to you today through his word. You know, no matter what you go through, no matter what you face in life, I want you to know that through the one, Jesus Christ, through his death on the cross of Calvary, he shed his perfect blood for you and for me. And if you pray right now and ask Jesus into your heart, the message that you heard today, why God is speaking to you, I want you to know that you can have hope. And all you have to do is pray with me right now. Don't try and figure it out. The Lord says, by faith, we accept Jesus as our Savior. And you'll have hope for eternity. You say, Dallas, will you help me? What do I have to do? Well, let me share with you a verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish. But have everlasting life. If you're willing to believe that God sent his son to die on the cross for you, just pray this prayer with me right now. And you can have heaven as your home. Jesus will forgive you for anything you've done in this life. And you can have hope from this day forward. Pray this prayer Dear Jesus, forgive me a sinner. I believe that you're God's son and you came and lived a perfect life and you died on the cross and you shed your perfect blood for all of my sin. And right now, Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart to forgive me for all of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And from this day forward, help me to live by your resurrection power.